This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Torah. Talks about making promises. How careful a person has to be not to make promises, and then if you make your your promise, to keep your promise. So I'll tell you a story that happened to a woman that I know very well. Um, so two years ago, <coughs> two years ago, she called me from Eretz Yisrael, whatever, and um, she wasn't allowed to get pregnant because she had a problem with blood clots, and that if she got pregnant, it would create blood clots that would go to Hashem to her lungs and her heart, and it was because she would kill her. Um, so she had a baby or two, whatever, but at that point, the doctor said, you cannot have any more, you're, you're, you're lucky, but you, you cannot have any more children. She went, she got a head there, not to have any more children because you're not allowed to put your life in danger. And Hashem runs the world, whatever. She got pregnant. And now they had a huge problem. So <coughs> they went to the doctors, they hid in their hair, they went here, they went there. Um, and the doctor said, you must have an abortion. You cannot go through this pregnancy. You will not live. You will not make it. She went to Rabbanim. She showed them the doctor's reports. And the doctor said, and the Rabbanim all passed that she has to get rid of the baby. Her life was totally in danger. Uh, it was a big operation. Whatever had to happen. She went to Chaim Kainevsky. He gave her a bracha. But she felt that for that whole year that this, all this bad stuff was happening to her, that there was a reason. Of course, there's a reason for everything. And she kept asking me for the reason, for the reason, for the reason. I, I don't know the reason. I don't know these things. So I sent her to a Makobal and someone that I trust. And this Makobal is a Tehillim reader. And she opened up her Tehillim. And she told this woman, you made a neder that you didn't keep. And... If you don't keep a nether, you're sort of chayim nisi even to that level that you, you're, it's very, very bad. Very, very bad not to keep a nether. And, um, she said, you made a nether you didn't keep and that's why you're going through all this stuff. She said, I searched, I thought, I went, I looked. I'm a woman. I don't, I don't go to show. I don't make the durham. I didn't promise money for tzidor. I, I, I don't know what this lady's telling me that I made. Huh? You say bleed nether. If you don't say bleed nether, then you got a problem. So um, she, I didn't. I, I met her in Israel by accident. That was shopping. I met her. She had. She, she. They took the child out. She's alive. She's. She's okay. She can't have any more children. Um, that was it. I didn't really hear from her again. She called me Monday night. This Monday night, she said, Wallstein. You have to say this over by the women's share. I said, what do, what, what do I have to say over? She said, she was listening to a share from someone about this week when she went to a share. And they were talking about Neda, 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 which is very sensitive by her because this, the Kubelas told her that the reason you're going through this is because you didn't keep a Neda. And she said, oh my gosh. Many years ago, actually exactly when my blood clotting started happening, there was a person that um, gave me a lead in business, that I was in the business that I was, and I told them that if I get the, if I get the customer, 
I'll send you a check. I'll give you something for it. I never gave him anything. I didn't say bleed that there. I said, if you get me a customer, and he got me a customer, and it just hit me that night when I heard the shear that I never gave him the check. So she now found him. Actually, today she called me, and she gave him the check, whatever it is. She said, tell everyone that I'm, oh, I'm telling you that if you make a nether, you better keep it, and as fast as you can. But be very careful when you make the dharam. The dharam means I promise. Not even I promise. You give you a word. I'm going to give you. don't say I promise. Say, I'm going to give you a check. I'm going to give you something, whatever it is. You have to be very careful to keep it. That's this That's uh, That's this week's Pasha, Pasha's Matos. Which brings us to a fascinating story, which I think I say every year pretty much. Maybe not every year, but I say it a lot because it's a very good story. I got a problem with it because I don't, I don't, I'm not on this level that this rabbi was. I wish I would have read the story when I was like six years old. I would have tried to be on this level. But it's a fantastic story. And the story is like this. So there was a big tzaddik. His name was Rav Yitzchak Mibadichov. Right? Rav Yitzchak Halevi Mibadichov. And he used to, he was a, um, a mayol, a Mibadichov Rav. And when they did a bris milah, he would always do the bris milah the first thing in the morning because he's supposed to do the mitzvah the first thing in the morning. So, they brought the baby to, um, his daughter gave birth, his daughter and his son-in-law, and they brought the baby to Shul. All the chassidim came for davening, because the Rebbe is going to do the bris milah right after. And he finished davening, and he came to his daughter's house, and he said to Chakuli, uh, wait, wait for me, and he went into a room, and he was there for four hours. And all of them were going crazy because they had to go to work. And the Rebbe never did this. He would go, he would prepare the meal and he would do it right away. And here, he's, uh, he's in there for four hours. So finally, a lot of people left. When he came out, his son-in-law was there with just a minion. That's it. There was only a minion left. Just a minion. Everybody left. So he came out and he was smiling and he was happy. And he did the bris meal of the child. And he called him. Well, oh, this is interesting because, because the Abderov, it was just his, it was just his yard site on Sunday. Oh, wow. So he called him Yehuda, Yehuda Leib. Now, I don't know if you've ever been close enough by a bris, but what happens is the person who's holding the baby, when they name the baby, so the person who's naming the baby, puts his ear next to the father and the father whispers the name into his ear and then he announces the name in public. But, so so the Bajitshiva Rav should have bent down to his son-in-law and asked, what's the name? But he did it. He named him without asking. It wasn't the name that the son-in-law wanted to give. He named him Yehuda Lev. The father of the child was very upset. I had a name for my kid, Avram, Yaakov, I don't know, whatever it was. It wasn't who to lay. Like, what are you doing? Everyone left. You made us wait for four hours. And now, you're not even asking me for the name. You're naming him yourself. So, they made the Sa'uda. And the son-in-law asked him two questions. One, why did you wait four hours? You always do the bris right away. You're not supposed to push off a bris. Two, why did you call him Yehuda Leib? I wanted to call him a different name. 
He said the following, listen to this. He said that when he came into the room and he was preparing, he was looking out the window and he saw a black cloud and there seemed to be something going on in this cloud. So I wanted to see what was going on in this cloud. I guess he went into a, uh, I don't know, into a dream state and meditation state. And he saw that the the Apta Rebbe of Yehuda Lei Meir Apta was called the Apta Rav, a very big tzaddik, had just died. And there were thousands of tzaddikim that came out of Ganeiden to accept him. That's what he saw in the cloud. And to bring him to Ganeiden. Now, Trichim Lavor Derek Gehenim, when you go through Ganeiden, when you go person dies, and even if he goes to Ganeiden, he has to go over a bridge. And that bridge goes through hell, through Gehenna. Why do they make you do that? Because even if you're a tzaddik, and you're going to Ganeiden, they want you to see all the people you didn't save. So it's a little painful. Like, oh my gosh, that's what's his name? Oh man, that's why, I, oh, I should, I should have helped. Why? So it hurts a little bit. So they have to, everybody has to go over that bridge. Even the biggest tzaddik has to go over that bridge. So he's walking across this bridge the after Rebbe where all the tzaddikim and they're going to Ganeiden and there's tambourines and it's against the mice. It's a whole, a whole big march to bring this big tzaddik into Ganeiden. Azav is called He left them and the cuts up the and he jumped off the bridge into hell. The after Rebbe jumped off the bridge into Gehenna, into the fire. He said, they said to him, what are you doing with us in Gehenna? I'm like, you don't belong here. He said, um, I never lied. I always kept my word. And I'm not leaving Gehenna unless I am able to save Jewish souls that are in Gehenna. So, there was a problem, because when, Rebbe, when the Apta Rebbe was in Gehenna, the fires were turned off. So, yeah, Gehenna was turned off, totally. Because he can't be in Gehenna, he's a tzaddik. So, the, the Malach of Gehenna went to Hashem and said, get this guy out of here. Get him out of Gehenna, I can't do my job. I can't, I can't, I can't clean up these souls. I, I, I turned off the fire. So Hashem said, what does he want? So the Malach said, he wants to take out people that from the seventh level, people who never get out, not even Kaddish or Mishnah gets them out. He wants to pull them out and bring them to Gan Eden. So he said that he wasn't going to leave. So Hashem said, Okay, so he made a neder when he was in Gehenna. He made a neder. I'm not leaving until I take Jewish souls with me. He made a neder. Now, Hashem said, if he made neder's promises while he was alive and he broke them, so we can pull him out of there without saving anybody because he, he's breaking his word. But he used to break his word when he was alive. But if he never broke his word, we can't now in Shemayim make him into a liar. So you're going to have to let him take souls out of out of Gehenna. So they checked into his records. And his word was a word. I know some people that 
like them, you don't like them, one thing, when they give the word, you don't need a contract, you don't need a handshake. A word is a word. And some people, their word means zero. So in Shemayim, their word means zero too. Anyway, they opened up and they said, yes, he never lied. Hashem said, how many people does he want to take out of hell? Out of Gehenna? Hashem said, well, as many people he saved in this world, he gets to save in that world. So they looked up, he saved 250, 220 people. He paid money, Pigeon Shwilliam, to free them from slavery, from, from being captured. So they said, okay, you can take, you can take, you took, you did, whatever you do here, you can do there. Okay? So, Yarad Bamadar Hashvi, he went down to the seventh level. Don't forget the fires were off. There are the souls that will never get out. Now, the common Shanam Nidayim Sham, they were there for a long time. Haitim Misham Kiflaim is a, he took out, instead of 220, 440. Right? That ain't gonna work, right? So, the Malach said to him, what are you doing? He took double. He said, listen, if I would have lived longer, I would have been able to sa- to save double what I saved on earth. So you, 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 I died not so old, so I have a right to take 440. So, so he won. And he took 440 souls from the worst place of hell and brought them into heaven to Ganeiden. So said, When I saw the strength of this tzaddik, Karasi as Nechdi al Shmo, I wanted my grandchild to have that name of Yehuda Leib. She Yiskelas as Chayel Vachayel. A Smochul Kulam, they all, everybody was happy that they waited the four hours and that they gave them the name. A person's word has to be a person's word. Because if it doesn't work here, it's not going to work over there. I say this myself very often. I wish I would have read this when I was six years old because. I don't think I always kept my word. So I'm going to go over that bridge. I can't do much. I don't know if I'm going to go over the bridge. I might get stuck on the bridge. I don't know. Off the bridge. Whatever. But I can't pull that one off. That's for sure. Mama said, your word's always your word. You told someone you're going to pay him back, you can pay him back. You told someone you're going to, you're going to call him back, you're going to call him back. Uh-oh. That's a person's word. A person's word has to be very important. Ah, it's not my fault. I forgot. Uh, right. Very nice. But the bottom line is, you didn't keep your word. Okay. That's that story. Now there's a whole different subject that I want to talk about tonight. That I was very involved with this week. I don't know what's going on out there, but I guess in the summer, people are a little bit different than they are a whole year, but it's been like a very busy week, all night, every day, meeting girls that are going through, parents, girls that are going through situations, and <coughs> I had this very intelligent girl that I had a long conversation with, and she asked me a lot of questions, but one of the questions is, why did Hashem create the world? What does He need it for? What does He need it for? And why he created the way he created it. So we're going to have to go back to Beratius, but I'd like today to give you a very important concept of understanding why we're here and a little bit why people suffer. We don't really know the reason, but we know there is a reason. It's very important. 
you get a shot and you know the reason, it doesn't hurt as much as if you get a shot and there's no reason. Like, why'd you give me a shot today? Doctor, why'd you give me a shot? I was practicing on your arm. Ow, that hurts. If you're getting a shot, you know it's, uh, and you know it's medicine. The medicine's very bitter, but you know you're sick and you need to take the medicine. You don't gag as much as you just, mother's giving you something that tastes miserable and there's no reason to take it. So, why not Hashem create this world? What's going on over here? A piece of paper. You have an extra piece of paper? Okay. What's the objective of a human being? Why, why do we have a Torah? What's, what's the whole objective of being here? A lot of people don't know the answer. What am I doing here? Right? Okay. So, Hashem was in Shemayim before he created Aretz, before he created this world, there was spirituality. Very high level. Spirituality, very high. By Shemayim he. And have very, very high level. Hashem said to the Malachim, to the angels, because that's all there was, Hashem and angels. God and angels. It was all spiritual. There's no physical. Hashem said to the angels, I want to do something amazing. What do I want to do? I want to take something physical, which is the opposite of spiritual. The opposite of spiritual is physical. And I want to make that physical creation, creations, to become spiritual. Spiritual will be spiritual is spiritual, but to take an apple or flower and make that spiritual, a field, linen, wool, and make that spiritual is uplifting a creation to a whole different level. Now, the human being is made of two parts. Hashem took the Afa, the Aretz, He made Adam from the dirt, which is the lowest level of physical, right? It's, it's dirt. And He blew in it the highest level of spiritual. And they should not be able to work together. They're opposites. They should not be able to work together. The spiritual should burn up the, 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 the physical. It's on such a high level. It's on, it's a fire. Malachim are made out of fire. The neshama is made out of fire. So, Hashem created this whole world and He needed, He, He wanted, He didn't need, He wanted to be able to connect us, which is we are physical, to the spiritual. So he gave us five senses. He gave us sight. He gave us sound, to be able to hear. Smell. Touch. Taste. He gave us the ability to see, hear, to speak, which is really just ear coming out, but he gave us, he gave us vocal cords to be able to speak. Now, these five senses, sight, sound, smell, touch, taste, are the tools to take the physical and make it spiritual. That is why when you look at something you're not supposed to. You're doing the opposite of creation. God gave you eyes to see Him, to see His creations, 
to see words, to see his beauty, to see his Torah. So when your eyes are used to read his holy words or to see his beauty, and you're taking physical things, right? You're, you see lightning, you make a bracha. So you took a piece of lightning and you made it holy. You heard thunder, you make a bracha. You see a rainbow, you make a bracha. Right? Certain animals, certain, certain seas, oceans, you make a yamagadal, you make a bracha. So he gave us these eyes to take the physical things he created to bring to the next level through your eyes. So when you don't have shmir zinayim, when you look at things you're not supposed to, things that are not modest and things like that, the reason of creation is destroyed. He didn't create vision and physical world to be used for tame, for immoral, not spiritual things. The reason he created physical is to take it to the highest spiritual level, not take it to the lowest physical level. So the Averov, not using your eyes correctly, is a very bad thing, and that's why a person has to have Shemir Shainayim, when you're looking at things on your phone and things like that, okay, I'm looking at some bad stuff. No, no, no. You, what you're doing right now, breaks the reason for God creating the world. If God create, God did not create the world for you to give you vision to be able to see things that don't take the, the physical to the spiritual, they take the physical to a lower level of physical. You're destroying the world. You're destroying the reason for the world. Sight. Sound. Sound, right? You make a bracha, I hear you. I say amen. Shofar, I hear a shofar. I take a, a low shofar, which is a horn of an animal, and we take that sound and we lift it to a crazy level. I hear Megillah, a mikra Megillah, right? So, sound, Hashem gave you this other tool to take the spiritual world, the physical world to a higher spiritual level. One of the biggest things of sound that a person has is music. Music, I never saw the Zaya, but I was told that the Zaya says that when Adam was thrown out of Ganeiden, Hashem said you could take one thing with you, not the Eitz Adas, not the Eitz Achayim, but you could take one thing with you, and he chose music. But it says that the gates of hell and the gates of heaven are opposite each other. So there's music that comes out of heaven and there's music that comes out of hell. And most of our kids are listening to the music that comes out of hell. The rhyming music, the beat, the nasty words. That's a destruction. Hashem, that's a destruction of what Hashem created the world for. How do we know that music is so powerful? In the Beis HaMikdash, which is the highest spiritual point that a person can get to, you could not bring a carbon without the Levian playing music and singing. So even in the highest spiritual place, you could take music that was physical, which was at the same time as the Kabanos, and take it to the highest spiritual place. But when you put in your ears all the non-Jewish music and all the garbage and terrible words and stuff like that, for that Hashem did not create the world. You're taking the most beautiful physical thing and you're making it to the lowest part of the physical thing. Instead of taking it to the highest level, listening to a shir, listening to Torah, you're listening to Lashahara. So you're taking what Hashem gave you to bring up 
and you're taking it down. That's sound. Smell. So smell, you can make a bracha. Bari mine b'samim, bari atse b'samim, bari mine b'samim. Right? There's, there's certain things that we can make a bracha when, when, when we smell. Smell, really, why can't you take smell down to the lowest level? Anyone here know why? Sound you can, sight you can, touching you definitely can, tasting you can eat chazatreif. But what could you do wrong with smelling? What avera could you do with smelling? Unless you smell avaydazara incense from avaydazara, but there's really no huh? If you what? No, but I'm talking about the smell itself, because the only thing. The only thing that wasn't done by the first sin, the Eitzadas, was smell. She touched the tree. She listened to the, to the Nachash. She looked at the tree. And she tasted the fruit. The only of the five senses that wasn't Pagam, that wasn't, that, that what was smell. So smell was protected from taking you down to that level. It's the only thing that wasn't taken down to that level when we broke the reason Hashem created the world by, by eating from the Eitz Das. What? Because that's why He created the world. To be able to take something that's physical and make it spiritual. That's the Malachim, I'll show you at the end, when the Malachim saw this, they said, we can't do that. Malachim can't do that. They're, they're not physical. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Malachim were fighting with Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah, not the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu said, you don't have a father, you can't do Kibbut of him. You can't. The Torah is, is the blueprint of the world. And the blueprint of the world is to take the physical and make it spiritual. You guys are all spiritual. You can't do it. So, so Shemosh Rabbeinu got the Torah. And the Malachim couldn't keep it. Because they couldn't take it to that level. Touch, I don't think I have to explain here. That you can do a lot of Averis, right? Shemenigia. A lot of Averis by touching. Taste, the same thing. You have an apple. An apple is not holy. What's holy about an apple or an orange or pizza? Or a piece of bread or a glass of water? But when you make a bracha, then you're then you're taking it to another level. Now, did you ever hear that if you don't make a bracha, you're a ganas? We learned if you if you have, eat an apple and you don't make a bracha, you stole from Hashem. Why did you steal from Hashem? You didn't steal from Hashem because the whole reason He created the apple is to take it to a physical to a spiritual place. If you, didn't, if you don't take it to the spiritual place, then you stole it. That's not why he gave it to you. He gave it to you to take it to the spiritual level. You don't make a bracha, you just, you kept it as an animal. You didn't, you didn't take it to the spiritual level. If you didn't take it to the spiritual level, you stole it. That's why it's considered like stealing. So, why are we in this world? We're in this world to elevate the world. That's why we're in the world. And he gave us the tools. The five senses that we have. And we don't elevate the world. We are like we're destroying the world. Because he would have never created the physical world to make it more physical. That's, you don't need that. Now, how do we know what I'm saying is true? On the last day, on the last day, Hashem saw everything that he made. Fruits, trees, sun, dark, light, all the physical, everything's physical that he made in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, what's it called? In the six days of creation, he didn't create anything spiritual. He created everything physical. 
So Vayalikim is called Asha Asav in a tov mode. Even though it says the Malachim, I think, were maybe created on the second day. Could be. Uh, why they were created before the human being? Because if the human being was created first, he'd say he created them. So he had to be created last. So the human being can't say, I created trees. He can't say, I created cows. I can't create fish. So he came last. So he couldn't create anything. He can't say he created anything. Because the human being will take, likes to take credit for stuff he doesn't do. So we got, we got created last. But what does the Pusik say? Hashem saw everything that he made. And it's not only good, it's amazing. It's amazing that he created this physical world and gave us the tools to take the physical world and make it spiritual. But when we don't make it spiritual, we make it more animal, we make it more physical, then there's no reason to create the world. It's like we destroyed the world. And there's a mission in Pirkei Elvis that says, anyone have a sitter on them? Anyone have a sitter with Pirkei Elvis in it? Ba'asara ma'maros nivra ha'olam. Ten utterances, ten things Hashem said, created the world. Why ten utterances? Hashem could have created the world with one utterance. World. That's it. There would have been a world. Why ten? So after I just explained to you what I explained to you, the Mishnah says, to punish the evil people. They destroyed the world. That was created in 10 Mamaras. What do you mean they destroyed the world, Rabbi Wallstein? They dropped an atom bomb, a nuclear bomb, a hydrogen bomb. So because the guy doesn't keep Shabbos, he destroyed the world? He destroyed the reason for the world. If the world, the reason for the world, is to take the physical world and make it spiritual by uplifting it through the Torah and the mitzvot, if he's a Russia, then he destroyed the world. And that's why the Mishnah says that he's being punished for ten utterances instead of one because he destroyed the world. But the opposite, a person who does take the spiritual world and make it physical, that he is Mekayim, the world that was created with ten Mamaras. He created the world, because that's the reason Hashem created the world, was to take the physical world and make it spiritual. So the tzaddik, is cre- he's creating the world that Hashem created, the reason Hashem created the world. The Russia destroying the world. To take something physical and make it physical, or lower physical, is not why Hashem created the world, but just just the opposite. So when you talk about Shinhara, when you look at wrong things, when you listen to wrong things, when you use any of your senses to do the wrong things, so that is not why Hashem created the world, and you are actually stealing, because he, he gave you the apple, he's like, here, Ruth, have this apple, I'm giving you this apple, to make it holy. That's why I, I, I picked this apple for you, to make it holy. And Chathashon, the person, not Ruth, but the person doesn't make a bracha, so they didn't make it holy, they just kept it unholy. So that's not why I gave you the apple. So, okay, we want sliach. So therefore, that's what, the, that's what, that's why Hashem is saying that he saw that everything is good, that a person has that ability. So I think we all have to go home tonight and think about what are we doing? Are we doing, are we destroying the world or are we creating the world? Are we, are we using the five senses Hashem gave us to take the physical world to a higher level 
Or we're using the five senses Hashem gave us to take the physical world to a lower level. Hashem gave us eyes to see Him, not to see things we shouldn't see. He gave us those eyes. And He gave us the ability to see. And He's waiting, even though today you looked at something you shouldn't know. Okay, tomorrow she'll look at something she should. He's waiting for us to, to turn the page, to, to change what we look at. So that was really one of the discussions that I had with this very smart girl, and, and it was a it was a very good insight. Then she said, why can't I just, like, love Hashem? And, like, before I go to sleep, tell him I love him. Why do I have to do all the mitzvahs? Why can't I just have a relationship? And, and, and why do you need all the, all the other stuff? Like, just have a relationship. Just, you know, tell someone I love you and, 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 and you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and, and have a relationship, and, and, that's, and, and that would be great. So, can you imagine a husband comes home, and they had supper, and she's very tired, and she's like, can you do me a favor, can you clean off the table and put the stuff away? And, um, and don't forget to pick up Miriam, she's by her friend. And he comes upstairs, and he walks over to his wife, he says, you know, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. And she's like, okay, did you clean the table? No. Did you pick up our door? No. But I love you so much. You're amazing. You're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm like, why isn't that enough? Why do I got to clean the table? Why do I got to go to work tomorrow? I said, I love you. And maybe I really do love you, but, but that's not enough there are actions that a person has to take to show that love, to, 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 if you love somebody, right? So, to explain to her, and this is, I gave this share already many times, that, what does that word love mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? It's a very misconstrued word. It's abused. Um, love means that when you're, when the, if I love someone, and when that person's happy, that's what makes me happy. Which is a very, not an easy level to be at. In other words, my wife likes, not, not my wife, but saying, this guy's wife loves to go shopping. He hates shopping. He hates going into stores. He hates shopping. She loves to shop and she doesn't buy anything. She just loves to try on. Well, she's a good Jewish woman. Try on, move the, move the hangers to the left, move the hangers to the right, and then say, ugh, I can get it somewhere else for much cheaper. I'll get it online. Or that, but that, that. So why'd you go shopping? Because it's, it's like a guy playing football, a woman going shopping. It's an exercise. So, so we don't understand that, guys. Like, if you're not buying anything, why are you shopping, right? But she comes out of the store and she's like, wow, I had an amazing day. And he's thinking to himself, Ms. Sugar, you, you, you spent five hours, you did nothing, right? You looked at a bunch of dresses, you tried on a bunch of dresses. We, we don't try on anything. We try on one suit, we tell the guy, five suits, make them, you know, just copy. We don't, we don't, guys have no patience for that. So, when your wife walks out and says, Oh, that was amazing. You're supposed to be like, that feel amazing, that she feels amazing, right? Not that, well, now that we went shopping for you, next week I want to, I want to go with my friends to football and make a whole deal. That's not a good relationship. That's a business relationship. That's not a real relationship. Real relationship is you're happy, I'm happy. Parents very much are like that. Kids are not. Kids are not happy because their parents are happy. But parents are very happy when their kids are happy. When they're happy, not because they're doing things they shouldn't, because they're doing things that we just want our kids to be happy. 
Kids don't walk around and say, the only thing I want in my life is my parents should be happy. Hmm. When they get older, but not when they're teenagers, right? So when they're teenagers, like, my parents, you want to make me happy? Leave me alone. That they should be happy. It's a, it's a different relationship. We all grown up. Everyone grows up. Everyone grows up. The teenage love of a parent? It's love, but it's not on that level. If you, I mean, if you make your parents happy, that would make you happy. But, but if you, you know, your parents are on this trip and they're having the best time, and you're sitting in the car and you're so bored out of your mind, you're not going to say, "Wow, I'm such a great mood because my parents are happy." You're going to be like, "Why can't I go with my friends?" It's different. You're not. It's as you grow up, things change, but it's very, very different. So, so. Do you make Hashem happy when you do a mitzvah? What do you think, girls? Does he have emotions? Does God have emotions? You're doing nothing for him. He gives you. He gives you. The biggest action there is, which is life, which gives you the potential. He gives you, he gives you a. It's not quite. It's not a question of hard. It's not a question of hard. You get if you get a, a thing. A, what's it called? A band to go into adventure, great adventure for the whole day. It's not hard for them, but thank you very much for the band. It's 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 a present. Here's a present. Now you develop it. Here's gold. It's yours. Here's a diamond. Right, so, so so that's my question. So what's your relationship here? What's your relationship? Do you think, everyone who's watching, do you, this is a big question, do you think that when you walk around, girls, dressed snua, that Hashem is in Shemayim and you're making Him happy? And that if you don't, you're making Him unhappy. Do you think He has emotions? Happy, unhappy, and I need you to be snua because I want to be happy. And he takes a number of how many people are snua, and now I'm happy, and tonight I'm not happy, and because today she was a bad girl, so I'm not happy. Do you think God has emotions? Hey, it's a pretty big question. You're sitting here, you're not two years old or five years old. When you do something right that it says in the Torah, when I put on my tillin in the morning, Am I, and there's people watching this now, they're like, oh my God, I don't know the answer to this question. I'm learning 25 years, 40 years. When you do a mitzvah, do you make Hashem happy? Firstly, the divinity. Uh-uh, and? And then Hashem, has, when see the divinity, he gets excited. So you're not making him happy that you're, that, that you're listening to him. You're making him happy that you're doing something for yourself. And you're his child. Okay, so that is the answer. But it's a very different answer than most people think. Most people think, Hashem wants me to do this, so I'm doing this. No, Hashem doesn't want you to do this for Him. You're not doing this for Him. So it's like I have a child, right? And I want my child to be healthy. So I want my child to eat healthy and to exercise and to do the right thing, right? And it makes me happy that my child made the right decision and then they, they're, they're going to be okay. Not that my child listened to me and I told him, eat, you can't eat, you can't eat cake. 
Right. That, but I'm just, that's a different level. So, does Hashem have emotions? No. So, what are you doing? You're making. That's not. It's not really angry. It's it's a it's a lushing. It's a lushing that we don't. We. we you, you can't say if I do something wrong, it makes him feel zero. It has. You have to have something. But he doesn't. He doesn't get angry. He he sets up what's called consequence. So so when you do something good for yourself, right? It's for you, not for him. I don't put on tillin in the morning for him. He gave me 613 things that are good for me. And if I don't do the things that are good for me, you're not getting punished. You're, the consequence of those actions are not going to be good. If you jump off a cliff, consequence is not going to be good. The cliff doesn't even know you. It's not punishing you. The rocks are not punishing you. They don't even know you. They have nothing to do with you. But there's, Hashem created the world and it's a very important statement with consequence. There's consequence. So he gave us this book. It's called the Chamisha Kumshi Torah plus Torah Shabbat He said, this is a book of consequence. If you're going to steal, you're going to have to pay back. If you're going to kill, the consequences you have to be killed. If you're going to commit adultery, there are consequences to your soul, to what you do to yourself. If you're going to drive off a cliff, you're going to die. If you're going to go into water, you're going to get wet. It's a consequence. You're not getting punished. You want to get wet. Sometimes you don't want to get wet. If you're going to lay in the sun for a couple of hours, you're going to get burnt. Is the sun saying, ooh, Malka, I'm going to burn you? No. So the way Hashem created the world, there's consequence. So He gave us many good things to do, 613 good things that are good for your soul. Good for the driver of the car. The body of the car. Good for the driver of the car. In turn, good for the body. It's interesting now. There's a new diet. I'm not getting you into diets. But there's a new diet with intermittent fasting. You diet, then one day you fast. You go three days, another day you fast. Everybody everybody thinks fasting, Tushimbov, Joseph Thomas, oh my God, it's so bad for my body. Well, if you're anorexic, it's bad for your body. But if you if you have a normal body, fasting a day, once in a while, it's a diet. They have it on the diet. Today, fasting. I'm like, oh my God, it's not even tissue above. And they, these women are fasting because it's a diet. But it's very healthy for the body. It's cleansing if you're healthy. So, so we, you know, we find out all these things that, you know, Moda'ani in the morning is 13 seconds. It takes 13 seconds for your heart to catch up, whatever. That whole big write-up about this. A lot of stuff that we do that we think is good for our souls, but Tov Ma'od means that it's good for your soul and your body. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us into this world to take this neshama that's part of Him and bring it to a higher level. How do you bring a neshama to a higher level than a malach? You make him a human being, and the human being takes the physical and he makes it spiritual. So when you abuse the five senses, then you're destroying the world. That's what the Mishnah says by Sarah Amaris. The, the Risham are destroying the world. So, this is your homework. The homework is that every month, starting now, especially in the nine days, which is Rosh Chodesh is tomorrow night, 
is to take on one of these senses, not smell, sight, sound, touch, and taste, and just focus on, let's say, sight. Let's say we take for the month of of sight. So for this month, I am trying to connect my sight, the physical that Hashem gave me of sight, to make it spiritual and try not to destroy it by making it more physical. Different months, different months, sound. Be careful not to listen to things I shouldn't be listening to, music I shouldn't be listening to, to, to Lashon Hara I shouldn't be listening to, touch I don't have to get into, you figure that out. And, and taste, I shouldn't, I should be careful what I eat, that it's kosher, that I make a bracha. And every month you could pick one of the senses and work on it. And all of a sudden you'll become a very different person. And it's a good time to start, I think, maybe with sound in the nine days. Um, to be careful not to talk Lashon Hara, because Lashon Hara is seen as chinam, and the reason the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed was for hating people. What does sin as chinam mean? Sin as chinam, hating for free. Hating for no reason. So it seems to be that if someone really hurts you, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to hate them. But we're human. But like, how come you don't like this girl? She's in seminary. How come you don't talk to her? Rabbi, I don't like her. Why don't you like her? I don't know. I just, she gives me the creeps. I don't like her. Not, she doesn't say that. I don't like her. That's sinaschina. I just don't like her. She's different. She's different. She looks different. She's different. She's not my friend. I don't know. I just don't like her. Sinaschina was that they, 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 they didn't like each other just because they didn't like you. Just didn't like you. You're too rich. You're too poor. You're too smart. You're too stupid. I don't like you. That's sinaschina. The base of meditation was like, no patience. No, it was like, no, no going back on that. Not that you should hate anyone. There's a myth in the Torah. You should never hate someone in your heart. If someone's giving you a problem, tell them. Don't, don't keep it in your heart. Tell them how you feel. Nicely, but tell them how you feel. All right, so tonight, I think we got some answers, and I think that each one of us should take on, maybe we should start in Av now. We should start with um, Shalom. We should take the month of Av, throughout the month of Av, and take on sound. Uh, actually, talking, sound, speaking. And be more careful what we say, not make nidarim, be careful not to make promises, chas v'shalom, and always say b'li neder, and, um, and be careful how we talk about other people. We should all be matzliach, Mashiach should come before Tishabav, mitzah Hashem. Just anyone who didn't um, take a, um, a page in the book, we're at 285, no, we're at 185. We still have to sell. We still have to. Sell, we have to sell another half of the book. So we need people to call Ornava one seven one eight O H R N A A V, and uh, or just go online to Ornava, and of course Tishabov, If Mashiach doesn't come, Tishabov night, which is Matzi Shabbos, a week from the Shabbos over here, I'm going to be speaking Tishabov night, and then a whole Tishabov. We have Jackie Vuitton, we have Rabbi Lamb, we have Charlie Harari, from 11 o'clock until breaking the fast, every hour. And then we have the, um, the uh, Chabetz Chaim, both Chabetz Chaim uh, movie, whatever you call them, and I'm on one of them. This, I think I said something smart, maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> Alright, you should all be thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.